I don't know what God's going to do today outside of the normal, if there's such a thing. But I do know that first Pastor Tony came back and he laid hands on me and I felt like fire went through my back when he did it. And then Julie came up and and said, uh, she had a a word for me that God, his sword was going to come out of my mouth today when I speak. And that it was going to bring healing and and was that it? Healing and repentance and yeah. Living water. Oh yeah, that's the best part. I love the living water part. How many I'd rather have the living water than than the sword. Because the sword, what's the sword do? Although that's necessary, right? Get rid of stuff because you don't want nothing holding you down when he comes back for his church. <laughs> you want all that fat, all that, all that sin fat cut off or whatever isn't necessary. So, Lord, again, we've had all kinds of prayers today for the service. Even Pastor Barb prayed for me. That she said, the man of God, and I was like, who's that? And Lord, you know what you're doing today, obviously. And, and I just step back and say, have your way. Lord, just use this opportunity, this moment. Somebody here needs to hear from you. Their phone's ringing. Their spiritual phone's ringing right now. And you're on the other end. You're saying, I'm calling you. I'm calling you. I've got a word for you, son, daughter. I've got something for you to do. I've got an urgent message for you. Maybe you're here today and you don't know who Jesus is. Maybe you've never prayed the prayer and asked for forgiveness. Let today be the day. I pray today that you would hear from your Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name. God, use this man, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Okay. This is one of those weeks again where I thought I knew where I was going and then everything changed and then uh, I, I got to love God. Walking in the Spirit. Notice the tree. Because that's what life presents to us. All kinds of options. And what I want to suggest to you today as we begin is you either are or you aren't. You're either walking in the Spirit or you're not. And I'm going to confirm that as we go through this message. But what I want you to do as we go through the the Scriptures today, and I'm going to be targeting Galatians and specifically chapter 5, but as we go through that, just ask the Lord, if this is me, if there's something missing, if you need to cut something away, or if I need to add something in, help me to see that today. Because how many want to serve God with all your heart, mind, soul, and body? How many want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant? You have been faithful with little. Now here, here, come. I want to partner with you. Hallelujah. I want to hear that. Versus the other. You wicked and lazy servant. I didn't know you. Ah. 
We say this a lot in church. Say it with me. If the Son sets you free, you are truly free. John 8, 36. I want to back up just a few verses today. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave of sin. Say that with me. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. Let that settle in as we read the rest of this. A slave is not a permanent member of the family. The right side of the comma. But a son is a part of the family forever. And you could insert in there, a daughter is a part of the family forever. God wants us in his family. And he goes on to say here, if the son sets you free, you are truly free. So Jesus is talking about two things. First, being a slave to sin. How many would agree that's not who you want to be? The second part is being, one, being a king's kid, being one of his kids, a child of God. Now between these two, I'm going to lean toward number two. All right? I hope you feel that way as well. I want to be God's kid. I don't want my father to be known as the chief of all liars. I don't want to be associated with the devil. I want to be associated with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So poke your neighbor and say, you're either a slave to sin or a child of God. And don't be smacking the person next to you if they touched you. When Jesus first began his ministry in Luke chapter 4, he said that he was anointed to what? Preach the good news. How many know that this book is loaded with it? The promises, all these promises are yes and amen in Christ, right? In the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels are chock full of promises that Jesus gave us as his kids. But there's also another side, a flip side to this, and that is if you don't listen to what he said when he walked this earth, you are in danger of eternal separation from God or hell. And I think what the Holy Spirit is impressing on me today so heavily is he doesn't want anybody to miss this. Because if you miss it, it's going to have eternal consequences. And you might say, well, some of my friends are going to be there in hell. So what? You're not going to want to be. Many years ago, I, I heard someone, and, and it turned out to be a hoax, but someone said that they had captured audio coming out of this, uh, this tunnel that they had dug in Russia, and it, it went down miles, like 20, 30 miles, and they could hear these eerie sounds coming out of it, and it almost sounded like people screaming. And I'll be honest with you, at first I thought, all right, it's a hoax. And then the Lord impressed on me, Norm. 
This isn't far from the truth. This is what it's going to be like for those who deny me. For those who don't accept what I did for them, hell's going to be much worse than this. Because it literally raised the hairs on the back of my neck when I heard it. And I can only imagine what hell is going to be like. So listen, if you're just, if you're just doing this with God, just to see, oh, well, I don't know. You know, I've got this life of mine, you know. I, well, the water, oh, it's a little bit too tepid. <laughs> Please, stop it. Take the plunge. Give him your all. Stop holding back. He gave you his all. Now it's your turn. That's really what today's message is about. He gave his all. Now you need to do what you're supposed to do. Back to Luke 4, and this is my paraphrase. What I believe Jesus was saying in Luke 4 was, listen to my message, he who has ears, let him hear. Apply it, be a doer of the word, not just a hearer. Too many of us fall into this. All we do is listen, 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 listen. And there's no doing. Start doing even if it's just improving you. Third, be set free from the bondage of sin and death. Why did Jesus come? He came to set the captives free. Every single one of us have sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glorious standard. None of us measures up. And then Jesus came, the Son of God. And he said, I am here to show you the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but through me, Jesus said. If you try, you're going to fail. But if you say yes to Jesus, to the Master, to the Messiah, your life is going to change for eternity. You will never be the same, I promise. How many else can witness to that? Hallelujah. Galatians 4, and I will get to chapter 5 here. Galatians 4, I wanted to read verses 5 through 7. And again, the Apostle Paul's expanding on what I just talked about. But God sent him, of course talking about Jesus, to buy freedom for us. Now I could, I could run right past that. Who paid for our freedom keep that in mind God sent Jesus to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law <laughs> why so that he could adopt us as his very own children I've seen personally and on video, Facebook, YouTube, where foster children were brought into the home and then the parents adopted them. And those kids got so excited. Finally, I'm a, I'm a real part of the family. I'm, I'm one of you now. God does that for us. We are grafted into the vine. 
And because we're His children, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts. Put your hand over your heart. God is here. Hallelujah. Prompting us to call out. Here it says, Abba, Father, but that's a term of endearment. It's like saying, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy. Hallelujah. Now you are no longer a slave, but you're God's children. Hallelujah. Can you get excited about this? And since you're his child, you're an heir. You are an heir. Listen, you may be a millionaire. You may be a 10,000-heir. I don't know. But I promise you this. When you get to heaven, if you have said yes to Jesus, you are going to inherit the kingdom. Money will no longer be an object of problems. Rather, you're going to have everything you need. You are an heir. And it doesn't start there. It starts right here. Hallelujah. If the Son has set you free, how should you live this new life? <laughs> Think about that. What'd you say? Man, you are so sharp. You should be a, a pastor sometime. Oh, and you get, oh, put those notes away. I forgot you had those. I, th I just thought you were just like so tuned into the Spirit. <laughs> You're tuned, all right. <sighs> How are we doing with this? Are we walking in freedom? If we are, it means we shouldn't be weighed down with the things that are going on around us. whom the Son sets free is free indeed. We shouldn't be weighed down with the wicked, evil stuff that many others are consumed with. Things of the world. One of those things, it, it <laughs> me and Pastor Roger, we can't talk about it. Politics. Would you agree politics is brutal? It is. Politics isn't going to save the United States. Or anybody for that matter. Only Jesus can do that. But I want to add here, as brutal as politics is, oops, oh, it says no slide. Life is brutal. If you don't, Believe me, just look at how it has consumed some people. Even destroyed them. Life can be brutal. But whom the sun sets free is free. Even if your life is brutal, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Jesus can set 
you free. Pastor Barb said it earlier. When you find yourself in those situations where it's just pounding on you, what do you do? Praise the Lord. Start being joyful. Give thanks. How could I give thanks when I got all these bills knocking on my door? Well, if you don't, are you going to be any better? Start thanking Him. Lord, I don't know how you're going to get me through this, but I know you are because you have set me free. The curse of the law no longer has grip on me. I am free in Jesus. Hallelujah. If Jesus has already paid the price for our freedom, this is a question. Why do so many people still walk under the weight of it? And I think this, this is the part of the message today where we've really got to catch this. People need to see that you and I are walking in a freedom that they don't have. And when they begin to see that, they're going to say, hey, I don't like being a slave to sin anymore. What do I have to do to be different? What do I have to do to be set free? What do I have to do to be like Clarence, who's always smiling? I love you, brother. Man, if I start getting down, I just look at Clarence. Why? Because he's caught this thing. The joy of the Lord is his strength. Hallelujah. And many of you are like that. And many of us need to learn that. As I see it, many people come to Christ and quickly forget what took place when they gave their lives to Him. Realize this, Jesus paid the ultimate price for our sins. We didn't do that. Right? He redeemed us from the curse of the law. You didn't have a part in that. Your part was that you were a sinner. Maybe inherited, but you're a sinner. His part was much harder. He had to say, yes, Father. Not my will, but yours be done. All we have to say is, yes, Jesus. And everything changes for the good. He had to say, yes, Father. If it has to cost my life, if I have to go through this, if I have to be drugged to hell, if I have to spend that time there to win back the souls of these people, so be it. And He did it. For us. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And the good news is he didn't stay in hell. <laughs> Did he? Father God, I still picture you up here. And when you turned your back, brother, I wept. He played. You saw it. I wept. I thought, God. How did you do that? He could have called all of his angels down and said, enough of this. I can't. 
But he did because he loves us that much. For God loved the world so much that he sent his everlasting son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. God had to turn his back on Jesus for that short time. But I'm sure it seemed like an eternity for both the Father and the Son. But when it was all said and done, <sighs> hey, hey, go roll that stone back. <laughs> he ain't there. If he'd still been there, we wouldn't be meeting here. And he holds the keys to death and to Hades. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the promises of the kingdom. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for my sins, for giving me life and life in abundance. My part was simple. Throw myself on your grace, on your mercy. And then your part was forgiving me and adopting me into your kingdom, into your family and calling me one of your own. Hallelujah. Can anybody else get excited about that? Yeah. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. God saved you by his grace. When? When you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. Nobody can boast. Nobody can boast. It's not up to us. Our part's simple. Repent. That's one of the words for today. Repent. What does it mean to repent? It means to come to God broken. To say, you know what, Lord? I've been going this direction and I haven't been trusting you. I haven't been following you. So I'm going to do one of these. And I'm going to go the opposite direction. And I'm going to come to you. And Lord, I'm going to give you my life today. If you haven't done that, yada. <laughs> Sorry about that. Thank you, Jesus. The apostle takes it a little bit further. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if Keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. You get this last part? If keeping the law, if being good could ever have made us right with God, if Mother Teresa could have gotten there without the blood of Christ being applied to her life, she probably would have made it. But even she didn't measure up Jesus had to die but through his death folks 
our eternal destinies were changed. And now we have so much to live for. So much to live for. Get this part. Whenever you're inclined to think that you have to do something to earn your salvation, stop it. Whenever you begin to, oh, you know what, I'm going to go help this person. Maybe God will forgive me for doing this thing over here. Stop it. Good works aren't going to help. There's only one thing that's going to help, and that is putting your trust in Jesus Christ. And I love what Cheryl Salem said when they were here this last summer. She said, eternal life begins when you're born again, not when you die. What are you waiting for? Start living your eternal life. Start walking in the Spirit. Start believing that God has done everything that was necessary for your salvation. There's nothing left out of this. There's nothing left out of this. Sometimes we act like there is. I love this in the message, Romans 6. Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ. A decisive end to that sin-miserable life. I've never heard it called that. No longer at sin's every beck and call. That should be all of us in this room. Every single person, every believer in this room... This should be our mantra. The old man is dead. He's under my feet. The devil is under my feet. The old way of life was nailed to the cross. What's that mean for us? It means anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone. A new life has begun. Everlasting life has begun. It's already started if you've said yes to Jesus. Our responsibility then is to live this new life for Jesus. He's already paid everything. He accomplished everything that needed to be accomplished. Now it's our responsibility to use this glorified life that He's given us. This grace-filled life. This, oh, God, the power of heaven is ours. And we sit around like we're all getting beat up and pummeled. And oh, you don't know the week I've had. God, help us. What did he hold back? Then why are we acting like this? Oh, Lord. It's our duty, out of our love for Him, to live for Him. Oh, Lord, help us. Help us. In the beginning of Galatians 5, 
Paul's dealing with a church where some people had come in and they started making demands. Well, you know what? If you're really saved, you need to do this and this and this. And, and in this context, he's actually going to talk about circumcision here. But I just want you to understand, you could put anything in place of that circumcision because people are always trying to sneak into the church and trying to tell people, well, brother, you just got to do this if you really want to be saved. If you want God's best, man, you got to do this and this and this. And it's like, you know what? All you have to do is trust Jesus. The law weighs people down. And Paul says this, but if you want to live by the law, you've got to live by all of it. And you know what? You can't do it. So put your trust in Jesus, lean on his grace and his mercy, and then let God do the rest. So let's, let's run through this real quick, because I know it's, we're running out of time. Oh, Lord. Jesus. I, Paul, tell you this, if you're counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again, if you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. For if you're trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. Can it get any clearer? You can't do anything to be saved. Yet that's what the Galatians were trying to do. And many of us try to do the same things. Instead of walking with the Lord and learning to trust Him, we get it in our heads that we need to go back to the old way of life, thinking that we can now begin to earn our way to heaven. Stop it. As awesome, Mary, as your voice sounds up here, you singing up here doesn't do a lick for you as far as getting to heaven. Now, because you're doing good works and you're serving the Lord, those good works are going to add up. Yes, they'll become part of your heavenly bank account. But what you do here has nothing, no effect on who you are in Christ. For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Nothing added, nothing to take away. That's just how it is. That's the Word of God. That's Jesus. Listen to this part, and just listen, because I don't have it behind me. We who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness that God has promised us. For when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, there is no benefit in being circumcised or uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. That love is for God and then for one another. All right? The church has to love itself. We have to love each other. Sue, I have to love you whether I want to or not. It's easy, but I'm pick, that's why I'm picking on you. Lisa, the same thing. I, I got to love on you because, because you're so easy to love. But there are some of us who aren't that easy to love, especially Pastor Norm pre-coffee. And then, then Paul goes into verse 7, he says, You were running the race so well. Where's Spencer? I almost grabbed that picture, man. Was that in the paper? He was running. He was like, I can't do it. Were, was it raining? You looked wet in that picture. But he's like, 
I was like, oh, that's Spencer. Good job, man. Air high five. You were running the race so well. What happened? Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for he's the one who called you to freedom. Say that with me. Freedom. This, listen to this part. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. I am trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings. God will judge that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you. Now, I'm not a baker, but I've seen Pastor Barb take, usually Thanksgiving because we don't do this a lot, but when she makes bread, when she used to make bread, she doesn't, not because she's, anyway, I don't have time. You, you take that lump, and, and I, I always laugh because it starts out like about the size of a softball, and she puts it in this great big thing and puts a, a blanket or something over it, a tent, and within a while, that thing is, it's, it's coming out of the bowl. It's like this big now. I'm like, wow, that little bit of yeast did that. What Paul's saying is when this gets in the church, these kinds of teachings, they can explode. They can grow. We don't want that. We want the truth. Whom the Son... If anybody's trying to add anything to your salvation, say to them, get behind me, Satan. Well, that's, that's awful stern words, really. Listen to what Paul says to these guys. This I'm putting up behind me. Dear brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching that you must be circumcised, as some say I do, why am I still being persecuted? If you were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, no one would be offended. Hey, this has got a modern context, huh? You preach the cross of Christ, you're going to get persecuted. Just saying, verse 12, I just wish, listen to this, I love this part. I just wish that those troublemakers who want to mutilate you by circumcision would mutilate themselves. And, and in, in the King James, it says that they castrate themselves. You think I'm harsh? <laughs> Paul knows how to get to the point, doesn't he? Verse 13, for you have been called to live in freedom. Yeah. Hallelujah. By the way, that's my emphasis in red. Don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Underline that in your mind. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. We've heard that a lot today. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. This last part, but if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. I'm going back to that yeast. We have got to be so careful in this church not to allow this to infiltrate our common ground groups, our prayer meetings, our homes, our little two-person groups. When you start talking about somebody else, shame on you. Unless you're saying something like, God bless them, God pour your spirit out on them, shut up. Because it is not doing anything good for the kingdom when you're doing this.
We have to watch our mouths. We have to watch how we're living for the Lord. Now I'm actually getting to the part where I wanted to go. Verse 16. But I say, walk and live. This is the Amplified, by the way. Walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit. You get that? Habitual. What does that mean? Man, that's what you're going to do. That's how you're going to live. Habitually. It means to be responsive to and controlled by and guided by the Spirit. Then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and the desires of the flesh. So if you're habitually walking with the Spirit, the sinful man, the old man's not going to have hold on you anymore. For the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are opposed to the flesh. That's the godless human nature. For these are antagonistic to each other, continually withstanding and in conflict, so that you are not free, but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. Verse 18, but if you're guided, led by the Holy Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Is this getting in your spirit? Can you be a sinner and be walking with the Spirit? Are you sure? So we need to walk in the Spirit. We need to walk and live in the Spirit habitually. To walk and live in the Spirit is to be free from the law. When you avoid the sin to the flesh, with His help, of course, you're walking in the Spirit, and you're free from the law. All Christians should walk with God to the point where it's our nature to know what to do next. You know what? We shouldn't have to be stopping every ten feet going, well, Lord, is it your will that I go and do this today? You ought to already know it because you're walking so close to Him. You know whether you're supposed to go yes or no to the left or to the right or stay straight. Wow. This is called being mature in the faith. Something that few attain it implies that you and I should know the will of God. We should know what's in this book right here that we call the Bible and live such holy and pleasing lives that we all produce good fruit. How many would agree with me that if you plant an apple tree, what are you going to get from that tree? Apples. Apples. So if I go and plant a pricker tree, what am I going to get? Prickers. If I plant an apple tree, will I ever get prickers? Not unless it's a thorn apple tree. <laughs> I got you there, did I? What about us? You and me. Christians should be easily identified by their walk. Easily identified. You ever watch a model on a runway? They they have that poise. I can't do it, but I should have Pastor Barb. Barb actually went to modeling school when she was a young mom, and 
was an amazing model. You can tell just by looking at her poise, her confidence, her stature, her walk, that she's a model. What about these? For you hunters or just outdoor nature lovers, you could see this critter from a mile away and you'd know it's a fox or a coyote. They kind of look alike if they're from a distance. But the fact is, you know them by how they walk or run, in this case. The same is true about you and me. People ought to be able to tell who we are, that we're walking with the Lord just by watching us walk. That's pretty easy, isn't it? Where do you walk? Where do you spend your time in the church, in the gym, prayer, working with kids, giving your time, being a hard worker with the company you work for, watching movies that build you up instead of tearing you down, reading your Bible on a regular basis? You can't live this life. You can't walk with God if you're not reading your Bibles. And if you say, Pastor, I'm blind, then get it on audio. Pour it in. Pour it in. You cannot live. You will not be able to walk with God. You will not be successful if you're not getting the Word in you. And if you're not walking with the Lord, then you're in bondage. You're bound by the law. This is what it looks like. They that practice these things, the sins of the flesh... They're clear. Immorality, impurity, indecency, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, ill temper, selfishness, division, dissensions, party spirit. Woohoo! Let's go! That used to be me. Factions, sex with peculiar opinions, heresies. That's what we just talked about. Envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, those who do such things. What does that mean? You're going to hell. Remember when I started, I said you're, you're either walking with him or you're not. This, this is you or this is you. Notice the fruit of the Spirit is singular. It's not fruits. It's fruit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. The work which His presence within... A co- Where is it from? Rivers of, rivers of living coming out of us. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. The work which His presence within accomplishes is love. Say this with me. Is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint, continence. That sounds like something you want in the morning, but I'm not, I should have looked that one. I won't go there. Against such things there is no law. (sighs) Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So listen, this is either you or this is you. Stand up, please.
This fruit represents the very character of God. That's why, because He's living in you, you have to have the fruit of the Spirit. Because He's in you. If He's in you, you can't plant an apple tree and get something else. God is in you. Say it with me. God is in me. God is in me. What other fruit can there be if God is in me? If you're walking with Him, if you're talking to Him, there cannot be any. But if you are living with Him, no charge can be. You are free, brother and sister. So if you're walking in here today carrying this weight, God help us to lay it down at the cross. Help us to not carry what we shouldn't be carrying anymore. Be set free. Finishing up. Yeah, right. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. You know what that says to me? Once you have crucified them there, the sinful nature, once it's there, leave it. Don't climb back up pull it back off are you nuts leave it there since we're living by the spirit again my my emphasis in red since we are living by the spirit let us follow the spirit's leading in every part of our lives and then he concludes this chapter with let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another you should not give a lick about the person next to you. If they're super Christian, God bless them. And you're just itty-bitty little you Christian, don't worry about it. You just be you. You just be who God called you to be. Stop trying to be somebody who ain't you. Because you can never be somebody else other than you. God chose you. I wanted to wrap up with this. These are some quotes about walking with the Lord. Henry Ford said, those who walk with God always reach their destination. Is that you today? Second one, D Dwight Me D.L. Moody, Dwight Moody. If I walk with the world, I can't walk with God. All right? And then the final one, God's mighty power comes when God's people learn to walk with God. Jack Hiles. Listen to me. Jesus died for you. Jesus grafted you in to his branches to make you one of his kids, one of God's children. Now you are an heir to the throne, to the kingdom. And everything that was his is now yours. You got nothing to bellyache about, nothing to grumble about. 
You should be excited, filled with joy. And when you go out of here today, the people that are watching how you walk. I should have Clarence come up here because he does it better. I love you, brother. They ought to see a smile plastered on your face. As big as the world. Because you know where you're going. And you know you're God's kid. Would you bow your heads? Again, this is a critical part of the morning, now early afternoon. The Holy Spirit is here today to do what He does each week to meet you right where you're at. If you're here today and you'd say, Pastor Norm, that's me. I, 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 I believe it. I, I'm, a, I'm a good fruit tree. And I'm bearing good fruit. I'm, I'm walking with Jesus. I love Him. And, and, and I just know I'm right where I need to be. If that's you, would you lift your hand up, please? Yep. Hands going up. Thank you. You can put them down. Now let me just tell you, at least half, if not two-thirds of you, did not raise your hand there. I don't know what that means. But I do know this. God is in the change business, the transformation business. He wants you to be one of his kids. You might be living for the devil right now, but he's here to say, I want you to be living for me. I want you to be called my child. And he wants to give you that opportunity today. I'm not going to do anything fancy up here, but I believe it's eternal. The consequences here that of, of what's going to happen here in just the next few minutes. It's consequential. It's eternal. It's going to impact the world forever. Every head bowed, eyes closed, please. Don't, don't. Let's just honor one another here. The only reason I'm looking is just so I can see how many I'm praying for. This is between you and the Lord. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Norm, I, I think I would be in that first list up there. I'd be, I'd be going on the highway to hell, not the highway to heaven. If that's you, lift your hand up because I want to pray with you. Yep, hands going up. Yep, others, others. Yep, you can put them down. Let me just get real blunt here. If you need Jesus, if you need to say, Master, I have sinned against heaven and you, Please forgive me. If that's you, lift your hand up right now. Hallelujah. Hands going up. You can put them down. I want us all to pray here today. And I'm just going to say this. If, if when we're done, they'll put some music on when we're finished here. If, if when we're done here, if you feel the need or the urgency, please come up and just make an altar here. And pray wait until the Lord meets you here. I don't care if you're here until 5 o'clock tonight or midnight. You wait on the Lord today. Learn to walk with Him. And that's my final thing here. Some of you in this room, you've been a believer for a long time, but you really haven't been walking with Him. You know who you are. And the Lord is here today to say, you know what? I want that to change. I want a relationship with you and you got to stop putting me off. 
You have to start living for me. You want the rivers of living water flowing out of you? You need to start doing some of these things this preacher's talking about. Listen to him. I believe this is coming from the Lord right now. If that's you, you know you're not right where you need to be. You're a believer, but you kind of been messing up in this area. Lift your hand up so I can see it. Yep. Thank you. Many of them had double dips on some of these things. That's all right. God saw your hand. He knows your heart. Now I'm going to ask everybody in this room to pray with me because we're a family. And I believe this. If, if you really believe what we're praying here, that God is meeting you right where we're at, then you're going to see a change in your life. A good change. You're going to start bearing good fruit if you haven't already been. So pray this prayer as though you're making a confession to God, which you are, and then allow His Holy Spirit to fill you, to guide you, to lead you from this day forward. You ready? Pray this with me, saints. Heavenly Father, I bow to you. I repent of my sins. I get on my knees, Lord. Spiritually speaking, I humble myself. And I say, Abba Father, I need you. I need Jesus. Wash me clean, Lord. Cleanse me from my unrighteousness. I confess my sins. Make me a new person. And Lord, help me to walk with you, to learn from you. As I study the, the scriptures, help me to grow in my maturity, to become like you. I invite you in today, Lord. Make your place in my heart. And now today, I'm going to walk with you and talk with you and live for you all the days that I have left on this planet. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.